How are we all doing? I'm, I'm hoping great because we're blessed with yet another nice, beautiful day. It looks like the, the sun may come out a little bit. The chance of rain has got pushed to the, the end of the day. So that's always a bonus to not have to have a, a dreary, wet, rainy Sunday. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, man, it was great to see a lot of you this morning. I miss you guys. It's been right at two and a half months now since I went down the road, not turned my back. I went down the road um, to pastor a church over in Carterville. Things are going great. I appreciate the prayers and, and the questions and the warm embrace. It's, it's, it's uplifting. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Instead, we are here to talk about Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, yeah. So what's really cool, a short story before I go in, and then I'll tell you like five or four more stories. You guys know how I am. Jordan had texted me and was like, hey, by chance, you got anyone that could fill in? I was like, well, that's actually my off day. I have someone preaching at our church. And I said, so I guess I could come. And he goes, oh, yeah, hey, cool. And in the back of my head, I was like, but he probably wasn't wanting me. He was just wanting someone else. But uh, he had told me what you guys were, what series you were in. And I was like, well, that's kind of crazy. I just finished Meekness writing for us for the new year. And he's like, well, perfect. That's the one I need. So our text, as it was read, was uh, Matthew 5, 5. And some of the big ideas of this message, I, I want to kind of give you guys a few points before we go too far into it. The big idea of this message, in my opinion, those who set aside their desires are blessed by God. And then one of the big driving things, the application of you that I want us to be kind of having in our head is to ask yourself, what matters most when someone insults you? Is it protecting your honor or glorifying God? That's, that's hard for a lot of us. Like, honestly, I'm a typical guy where it's like someone offends or says something that hurts me or someone I love and care about. I'm like ready to, to fight or to that extent. Horrible example, I guess. Um, so two quick points, and then I'm going to share a story on something a, a little bit entertaining, and I think some of us could, we could create a nice big debate. One, meekness is a way of life. When one is meek, they are, they are in a sense living a life of trust and patience. Trust that God is interested in our lives, church, because he truly is. And not only that, but he cares deeply about us. Because of this, the meek person can be patient as they wait on God to act in their lives rather than forcing godly things to happen in our lives. The hearers of the Beatitudes, the Jews, they had been living under the Roman occupation of their land for so long that they were longing for God to restore the kingdom to Israel. And Jesus tells them, you are blessed when you trust in God and wait on God to act. One of the things that I think sometimes we all have a certain timing in our head, God's timing's always right. It's not when we're prepared for things to happen, right? Okay. The blessing comes with a promise. To those who live meekly, they shall inherit the earth. But what does this mean? What is this word meekness? How do, we, how do we tie that all in? What does it truly mean to have the imagery of meekness? So the story I want to share is one that I'm sure several of you have heard. There's a gentleman that goes into this restaurant in Texas, and one of the greatest ever known martial artists is sitting in this restaurant. Already, uh, somebody knows the story I'm about to tell. And it's Chuck Norris. 
I know the age of some of you. I know there's some Texas Ranger fans in here. Like, come on. Chuck Norris is sitting here, and this gentleman comes up. Oh, you're in my seat. You need to move. Chuck Norris just politely gets up, and he moves. And this man sits, and he has his meal, and then he realizes, holy cow, that's Chuck Norris. That's Walker, Texas Ranger, the real one, not this weird new-made one. And, and this guy, after his like mid-meal, he goes over, and he's like, Mr. Norris, I'm so sorry. I, I, you you could have manhandled me and just showed me my rights and sent me back to mom crying, and you didn't, and I, I want to apologize. And Chuck Norris literally sat there. He goes, hey, I'm a Christian. That's not how you handle things. That's not how God intended me to handle things. If this was your seat and you needed it, that's okay. There's other seats for me. And, and so that, that I want you guys to kind of envision that and think about that as we break down a little bit more of the Scripture. And what's really fun is though it was in Matthew 5.5, 5, I'm actually going to jump around and we're going to visit the Old Testament and look at some things that actually foreshadow us in. So when we look at Matthew 5, 3 through 12, it is composed of several different kind of characteristics and qualities that Jesus is asking us to work on per the word of God. We have seen the first and the, the indispensable quality that is the poverty and the spirit dependence upon God. And, and you must totally depend upon him to even center and enter this kingdom. Nothing, uh, the, the song, I think some of you would remember, nothing in my hand I bring simply to the thy cross I cling. Kind of like that's, that's a perfect summarization of that, I think. Blessed are the meek. So one thing I want, I've got a slide and I, and I want all of us to say this together. It says meekness is not weakness. I, I, meek doesn't mean weak. So everyone together, ready? Meek doesn't mean weak. So many people in today's culture hear the word meek and they think of mousy or, or g- the word gentle is also referred to in, in different translations. They think of, of a weakness. You're like the gentle giant. Like I always refer to, and I'm going to pick on you, Byron, I'm sorry. You, you know I love you and it's okay. I always t- call Byron a gentle giant because I've never seen a man that just can show so much love and embrace for little children and his own children and, and then my children. But then when he has his uniform on and he turns his lights on and whips around and follows me into a parking lot, <laughs> I immediately see this is not just a gentle giant. This is a man of authority and I'm terrified of him and I'm going through every like five seconds of what I just did that could have been wrong and trying to justify to myself, oh, sir, I wasn't speeding. I think it was the person ahead of me. And and so I, I think of, 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 of kind of examples that people have when they're like, oh, meekness means you're weak or you're a pushover or, or you're, just, you're just passive. Well, no. Meekness can mean you're, you're submittable, you're obedient, you're respectful. So to have meekness in Christ, that's a, that's a, that's a culture change almost. You sit and think of that word, and, and it can be displayed this way and mean that. But the true definition was over here. We allowed culture to take control of it and, and create its own new meekness. So, mink or gentle. It doesn't mean weak at all. The word was used of a, of a horse, actually, which is a weird comparison, Byron. I'm not comparing you to a horse. Which was, you are very large and broad, though. So, which was powerful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I love you. You You big horse. (laughs) The word was used of a horse, actually, which was powerful, 
but had to come to be trained to submit to the will of its master. Holy cow, church. Are we to come to the submission of our heavenly father? Light bulb. Everybody in here should be like, I'm meek. Or not. The Old Testament in Psalms, Psalm 37, in fact, if you read, you will come to 11, the meek shall inherit the earth. Which, again, this is, this is we're, we're looking Old Testament to New Testament and how they can kind of come together. This is an exact foreshadowing of what Jesus would teach us in Matthew 5.5 5 for the Beatitudes. The best summary of the quality of meekness is found within the Psalms, trust in the Lord and do good. It's a very simple yet powerful thing. Trust in the Lord and do good. I'm going to say that about 10 times today, so get ready, start tracking it. The verse teaches us that meekness is the base, is strictly the basis of trust in God and submission to Him. It involves a submission like no other one that we can carry to a wife or a child, but a true submission to our Heavenly Father, which leads a person to naturally do the right things, led of God, to be like His Son. Trust in the Lord and do good. The true essence of meekness. You will find that meekness is described in several different ways, but it basically says the same thing. Gentle, kind, patient. It's all the same. Different words. They sound good. So if we look in Psalms 37, in the very beginning of 37, it says, fret not because of evildoers. I want us to highlight the, the thought of that because, again, we, we reflect back on uh, the Chuck Norris story. It was an evildoer that came in and said, hey, this is my table, get up, move. Okay, if you need it, go for it. I'll find another. It's too hard for us to do that because when we, our natural response when an evildoer is trying to do something, we want to do something about it. We want to get back at him. We want to have revenge. We want to, want to justify, no, this is mine, my claim. And, and we become aggressive and we allow our humanly flesh to take control of a godly heart. This is big. This is big, church. And we justify it because, after all, they were evil. They were the evildoer. We're, we're here to help push out the darkness, right? So sometimes as Christians, as modern day Christians, we find someone simply doing something as wanting to take my seat as a, uh, I don't want to say the antichrist, but as like an evil doer who's bringing in sin and the darkness. So we immediately jump in and trying to attack it when really that was a misleading scenario. But God says, don't, don't do that. Be meek. Further in Psalms, it says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who proposes in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. That's, that's church. Trust in the Lord. He does good. He will do good. Hey, we're told that a hundred thousand times from this high. Or for me, you were this high and that wide. I got to get you to laugh a little bit. Make sure that everyone's awake. 
And so throughout Psalms, you get this big idea. The meek person is the person who trusts in God and who takes his hands off of the situation. Trusting God to take care of it, it does not mean that the person is weak because he could do something, but he chooses to be meek and trust God's power and strength and judgment in any situation. And in every situation we face, we have that fight or flight in certain situations, but we, we have decisions. We have choice, power of choice. Right? You have the choice to act in a Christ-like way or a choice to act in a humanly flesh way. Meekness is based on a trust in God. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. And it repeats that and repeats it. And I say it a hundred times to you, and I'm going to say it again to where the end of the day, you're going to go, well, there's a sermon on meekness, but I'm supposed to trust in the Lord and do good. Well, good. You've got, the, you've got it. <laughs> Trusting in the Lord to do good, you're practicing meekness. Okay? All through the meek, although the meek person is encouraged to trust God in their situ- situation, the reason the meek person can respond meekly in their situation is because they do submit. They don't have to respond in an ugly fashion as we all so often do. They don't have to take things into their own hands. They trust God and allow him to, to bring out the true biblical meaning of what this is. I'm going to um, reference another period in time that a lot of us experienced firsthand in 1995 during a bombing at a federal building in Oklahoma. Um, a man named Bill Day lost his sister, sister along with several other people on that day in America that, that lost loved ones. The Daily Oklahoman did an extended interview with Mr. Day sometime later, and the whole article was just remarkable. I, I recommend you look it up. Again, his name was Bill Day, and just type in a federal Oklahoma City bombing, and, and you'll be able to find this article. And it was remarkable due to the lack of the bitterness this man had. We, we lose loved ones, and we immediately... We're going to, I turned into a pretty nasty person. I recently lost my uh, grandmother and my uh, grandfather, different sides. And there were some hateful things I could say immediately because somebody was like, oh, Anthony, they're in a better place. And I'm like, stop, you didn't know them like I did. One of them, I truly said, I don't know if they are. One of them died at the, the hands of a, a disease and the other died in just pure accident. And so not to talk on me, but there, there's different situations. We all grieve differently. We all mourn differently. This is a bombing that happens. Many people lost their lives, but this man, Mr. Day, he says, I don't need to get revenge. That's not for me to do. And, and for people who look at this, they asked him, why? why? Why are you not bitter? And he says, because I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. I believe no one is going to get away with anything, and it is more fearful to fall into the hands of God than for me to seek my own revenge. So many of us in this room right now, if someone were to attack our family, and then I'm not wanting to talk about something horrible happening, but if something horrible happened, we're all jumping in line. Half of you in here I know have a personal armory at home. Like, we're going to fight. Is that the right thing? No, it, it truly isn't at times. The meekness part in what Mr. Day is saying. He says, I am a Christian. 
He trusted in God's judgment, and, and so that freed him from doing what was right in his own humanly flesh and eyes and heart at the time and allowed him to lead with a Christ-like imagery and a Christ-like heart. That is meekness. It begins with trusting God. I, I think there's a sense in which God is saying that the, the same thing to some of us today in situations. He's saying, trust in me, keep your hands off of it. So many times we put our hands on a situation and we watch it just go bad. And we're like, oh, I should have prayed more. I should have sought some counsel. I should have went to my community group leader. Should have talked to my spouse more about this before I did this. But we put our own hands on it. We don't allow God to lead our heart to control our hands. We don't show meekness just to our own heavenly father, let alone to those we walk this earth with. Many times we have situations in our lives that we just, we need to take our hands off of and let God take care of it. Just to commit to him in prayer alone is a huge step. I think it's significant that we won't take things into our own hands anymore and that we will entrust it to God and show just meekness to our Father. Some of you are in a situation now and being tempted to, to do something or to, to take control of a, a situation that you know probably isn't the best idea. And, and you hear God saying, don't do that. Don't manipulate it. Don't compromise. Don't lie or cheat. Don't take this into your hands, but instead trust in me and you will do good. The greatest example to me of meekness, and I think I'm sure everyone would agree, is found simply in the life of Jesus. All, all of these qualities found in the Beatitudes are, are his. And this one truly is. Was Jesus meek? Did he humbly trust God's plan for his life? Did he trust in his heavenly father to do good? Absolutely. Without a doubt. There's no greater example, I, I feel, of meekness than to truly live out like Jesus did. And that being our number one goal as Christians, to, to, to display a mirror image of Christ. Live that out. Trust the Lord and do good. When, when he was being arrested in the garden, Peter took out a sword. This is, this is the, like one of my favorite, my, my Savior is getting crucified soon. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But again, it's a time to rejoice. But Peter whips out his sword, cuts an ear off of someone taking Christ. And this is my favorite. In um, Matthew 26, 53, Christ says, Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he, he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. So to get an idea of what a legion is then, that's like six to 8,000 soldiers. So 12 legions, like, he, like, some, some guard coming to like take Christ and Peter whips out his little sword and he's like, oh, Van Gogh Jew, you're earless. I think that was Van Gogh, I don't know. I'm not an art major. 72,000 angels he could have just wielded and stopped that, but no, no. <laughs> Christ is better than that. He truly exemplifies meekness because he allows himself to be taken. This is Christ. You think this, this individual, this man, God on earth and flesh, couldn't have stopped that? 
He allows himself to be taken. He knew it was God's will. He was not weak. No, Jesus wasn't weak here at all. He was meek. He trusted that he, he, his father, had the true plan at heart. He didn't take things into his own hands. He didn't put his hands on it and make it a mess, as Peter did with a sword. Jesus lived out the quality of meekness and trusted God always to the end. Even up to that last breath. <laughs> Forgive them, for they don't know what they do. What kind of meekness is that? And if we are going to be like Jesus, Jesus, which is the priority for our lives, we have to learn to be meek. We, we have to have the desire to be a great person, to, to know Christ's true sacrifice. We have to have that desire to want to submit in meekness. These Beatitudes, as you guys go through them, and I'm super excited for our church to do them too, it kind of gives you a, a gut check and what kind of Christian you've been living as. I say that as a pastor. <laughs> Gut check. Because I don't show meekness like I should. In fact, I was revisiting with my prior fellow staff, Sharon and Cindy, this morning, and I made a comment, and they called me right away. I miss having them call me out on things. Not really. No, that's not very meek, Anthony. That doesn't show meekness. And I said, hey, whoa, slow down. Do this as I preach, not as I do. But it's true, these Beatitudes, and especially this one, the meekness, it's just, it, it weighs heavy on a lot of us because we, we, we don't count meekness as much because we all identify it as a weak thing. If you have any desire to be like Christ, you must allow God to build these qualities of meekness, meekness into your life. And when you do, it will be such an important step into becoming like Christ and, and to become a powerful witness to him. But, but in that, it is, it is the, the hardest thing to simply submit and give ourselves to Christ. So church, th th today it, it's kind of a, a short and condensed, quicker wrapped up. I want to get you guys out and enjoy your time. But I, I have a couple questions I want us to look at. Maybe. I do have questions. Do I submit to God in his word? Or do I get angry at God and rebel against him? Especially when times are hard. If we can't all raise our hand at that, there's a lake of fire for every one of us. Just saying. Every one of us, I think, can, can relate to that first one because I think we all have rebelled against him at one point in time in our lives. The second question, how do I respond when people accuse or hurt me? In general, do I let God defend me or do I fight for my rights? Who all is a parent? Who all has had a moment where someone said something about your child and like, I don't. I, I mean, I have a wife. She's mama bear. She's the one that goes like totally crazy. Parents, it's it like if you don't naturally do this on a weekly basis almost, I'm assuming you keep your kids inside one room in the house and that's it. Like this, this is a big one, I think, as parents because do I let God defend me or fight for my rights for my children right now in today's world? Holy cow. If you've got a child under the age of 18, the things that you've had to adapt to and the things that your voice has probably wanted to say to other people, 
Go get them. Have we displayed meekness? And this whole, I told myself I wasn't going to talk politics or COVID, and the whole COVID and political things that are happening in the last year. Have we all displayed meekness amongst each other? Let other people have an opinion? Love them? When you turn your back on them? Pray for them? <laughs> or do we immediately fight? We don't trust in the Lord to do good. Instead, we take the agenda in hand and make it our own. Unless y'all are wielding those legions of angels, I think some of us need to humble ourselves right now. Questions three and four. Am I humble or prideful? Am I pursuing the benefit and blessing of others above my own? This is a, this is a really big one. Uh, whether at work or in relationships at home in your family, do you, do you seek out glorification in a sense? Are you trying to overstep or step on someone to get to a, a platform or a position? Are you humble or prideful? Number four, is, is it important for others to think highly about me or am I content with God's pleasure and approval? Holy cow. I literally teared up when I, I didn't write this. I am not that smart. I am not that deep and influential. I'm sorry. I stole that. I read that, though, and literally teared up. Is it important for me, for others to think highly about me? No one in here has ever thought that, right? Are you content with just God's pleasure and approval? Pen drop, like. Because we become our own worst critics, church. We can't even take meekness sometimes into our own hearts for our own protection. Worship team, you can go ahead and hit up here. Here in a moment, we're going to we're going to go ahead and do our, do our communion. And I, I wanted to change kind of the order, 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 sorry, the order of the service today and move things around a little bit so that it would fit in a, a way that we could truly take this meal together and, and really be able to reflect on Christ. Because as I mentioned earlier, I, I don't think anyone's ever displayed a, a true amount of meekness until this moment. And I don't know that anyone will ever be able to display this ever again. So I'll tell you what, let's 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 go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna do this. If you would I'm terrified of breaking something, so I'm going to take the cup, the little plastic cup with you. Look at this cup for a second and know that even, even in the year of COVID, lights just went down on me, sorry. <laughs> y'all can't do that when I'm close to the edge, y'all. Even in a year of COVID and, and uncertainty and things have changed, this little cup, plastic, if you're unfortunate, mildewy wafer 
is so serious. Reason being, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient upon the point of death. Death on a cross, church. This wafer, the body of Christ. Displayed meekness. Take and eat. It's the ultimate sacrifice of meekness. Nine times in the Beatitudes, Jesus pronounces a blessing that comes with counterintuitive to this world. Jesus teaches that being poor in spirit, mournful, meek, etc., are the ways to inherit his blessing. We live on earth, but we live, church, listen to this, okay? We live for heaven. We live on earth, but we live for heaven. This represents the blood of Christ, the new covenant for which he has saved us. Take and drink. Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Church, as we, as we prepare to bow our heads together, some of you have specific situation in your lives right now where you need to trust God. You need to submit. You need to be obedient. Allow him to be your master. You can't do it on your own. But if you ask God right now, by the power of his Holy Spirit, to help you trust in him and do what is right, trust in the Lord and do what is good, no matter what anyone else does or says, you are a child of God. And your place in heaven is there. Or maybe you would say, I've never really trusted God for my own salvation. And you've been trying to earn your way to heaven. And today you need to let go of that and trust what Jesus died on the cross for. Too many of us get caught up. We want to fight. We don't want to just be meek like Christ. Today, church, I ask that we, we learn how to submit to that. Trust in the Lord and do good, for the meek shall inherit the earth. And as always, if you are someone who needs prayer, uh, Micah's up here. I saw Rob, the prayer team, community group leaders, come, come up front. Whether it's a prayer for thankfulness, a prayer for, for healing, a prayer for lifting up or uh, just anything. You heard something, you want a question, you, have a, you want an answer, I'll do my best. You have great leaders here. I know they can do that. But come, just show a sign of meekness, not weakness, and submit to your Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today knowing that never, ever are we ever going to be worthy. For we are flawed, imperfect people. But we desperately not only need you, but we want to surrender to you. We want to submit. We want to be obedient to you, God. And though some of us are in situations right now that we find it so hard, we find it to be this mythical spiritual thing that we can't step into, that we don't want to submit fully, 
yet we stand in the shadows and suffer and hurt and long for this, this lifting weight. God, I pray today that those hearts be reached. I pray today those minds be lifted. God, for it is the air that we breathe. Is that what you have blessed us? Lord, we, we, we are prepared for, for heaven. We, we long for heaven. We pray for those that, that aren't here with us today, that are on a trip in North Carolina growing closer to you. But God, we, we also pray for the travels of those leaving from here, from there, going home, going into the, the workforce tomorrow, going into the schools tomorrow. God, we pray that we can show what you're teaching us in Matthew 5, 5, the meekness, because it's not a weakness, Lord, but it's a submission to you. God, we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.